0: Welcome to the Interesting People I Know podcast. I'm actually thinking of changing the name. I haven't talked to Murphy about it. It's probably a bad idea. And um, I don't know, because I'm getting a lot of feedback from people that they like the interviews, but they like hearing from me more. Just me, which of course, you know, and it's actually some people I don't even know that say that, which is like, again they have no skin in the game. So that feels good. Um, And I do like talking to myself. And I also think I'm embarking on writing a book. So perhaps um, each podcast could be a chapter and I could kind of play it to you guys and see how it plays. And so that way, it's kind of a test market for a book. But we'll get to that in a minute. Um, I came in and um, was talking to super couple Julian Murphy Cargis at the beginning of this podcast. This part, well, this whole thing is unscripted because I was going to have a guest today. She called in sick. She is um, going to be fine, but um, she'll be on a future podcast. I'm hoping within the next two weeks, it's Annabelle Burgandy, Streets to Success Foundation. Um, you've read about her in the news recently um, in Stu News Newport. She's going to be in Newport Beach Magazine and some others if I have my way. And I want you to check it out, Um, Streets to Success. And she is working with um, the street kids, mostly young boys, young men in Kenya. Sorry, in Uganda, in Kisenyi, I think is how we say the town. And it's a huge problem there. And they just need to be lifted up and they need someone to care. And that turns out to be... Annabelle Brigandi, all the way from the West Coast, going there, figuring it out with a couple of other great, big hearted people. But I don't want to tell her whole story. She's going to tell it. That's coming up in the next two weeks. We're also going to have Tom. I don't know if he likes to be Tom or Thomas. I'm not on a first name basis with him yet, but I will be by the time he gets here. Um, I'm going to say Tom Curran. Also local. Just finished a walk across America for pediatric cancer research, I believe. He's going to tell us about the trials and tribulations of that. That's next week. So some great stuff coming up. But I came into the podcast today knowing it was just going to be me, but um, not a bunch of time to prepare, which is great because I don't like to prepare. Um, and one thing that we started to talk about as I came here um and talked to Julie and Murphy in the pre-show was just about what happened at Saugus yesterday, Saugus high school, another school shooting, another tragedy, another thing that seems too big to figure out, just like climate change and gun control for, you know, however you feel about that or just smart, I guess, smart gun usage. Um, Oh, my, is my phone ringing or is that yours? <laughs> You're good. So anyway, we're getting a call. People are calling in wanting to talk about this. Um, So we were just talking about, you know, the things that seem too big to solve, you do have to try to start somewhere, right? So um, Julian Murphy had kind of a two pronged idea that I think we should do a future podcast on. One of the ideas was, you know, we screen kids for and again, however you feel about vaccines, I don't want to get into that necessarily. But um, we screen kids for all sorts of stuff before they go to school, we do a lot of standardized testing, you know, why not have mental health screenings um, for kids? every year and just have a check-in and again it's not foolproof but I think it's a great idea to start kind of tossing around and talking about and then also one thing that Murphy had said that that really struck me and I thought this is a this is definitely a conversation we need to have is normalizing and I hate to use the word normal but making it okay to be different and I think we're in a point in our society where more than ever before it's okay to be different and express yourself but I think um as Murphy had so cogently said at the you know beginning of this time this morning with me and with Julie was that you know we're also worried as parents that our kids are going to be left out bullied different not belong not fit in and it's like i get it because i mean i've been there and i've done weird things you know when my kid was being bullied or to prevent bullying um that probably weren't cool to be honest and I think that if there's a way to start a conversation about, you know what, everyone's different. You don't have to fit in. There shouldn't be a word like normal, unless it's maybe for some medical or scientific testing use, um, not related to mental health. And so I think there's something about normalizing everyone being their own selves, showing up however they want. Um, certainly, we want people to feel like they're part of something um, or have support, You know, whether that looks like friends, family, uh, a pastor, um, you know, other people in your life. So to me, um, I think we got to start talking about that because I think a lot of these kids feel so disenfranchised that it end up being shooters um, and like they don't belong. But it's like, you know, does that start with like saying certain things aren't okay to be? Like it's not okay to be, I don't know, into Dungeons and Dragons or something, or it's not okay to be goth, or it's not okay – to like to spend time by yourself, or it's not okay to be into building model airplanes when, you know, everyone else is playing mo- massive multiplayer video games or whatever it is, right? So, can there be a conversation about like just be you? We've got the be kind movement, which I think is really important. We've got no bullying, anti-bullying, but what about just starting with the reasons people bully and aren't kind, which is because you know when someone's not like you, you tend to get a little either intimidated or weirded out. Let's talk about. Um, that it's okay to be different and why are we even saying different do you know what i mean like why is even there like a normative thing like personally like i don't want to be normal i mean if we're going to use that word i don't want to be just one of the crowd i don't want to be a go-along follower um conforming myself to everyone's else's expectations that has like zero appeal to me and i i feel like you know don't other people feel that way um Maybe they don't, maybe they're just so insecure. And again, I'm, I'm insecure in different ways, but you know, I don't know, it, again, it's not a highly formulated thought. <clears throat> so I just, I wanna start a conversation around it. I think there's something really powerful there. Uh, and I would be curious if anyone else feels that there is too. And I think I will be posting about this on social media today to see what kind of reaction I get, because um, can't we just support people being different? I mean, I see the kind of support that's happening for Liam in his transition and I'm so thankful for it and if anyone weren't supportive you know I wouldn't be down with that and luckily no one's been brave enough to come to me and say they aren't supportive if they aren't because there would be hell to pay and you all know that Um, and I'm proud to say that actually (laughs) I will mama bear on anyone that you know doesn't accept people especially my own kids um but I just feel like let's just be accepting of everybody and all their different shapes and forms. And I think it makes the world so much more interesting to have all sorts of individuals running around. I think we can band together in groups for the sake of community and connection, but can't we just all be ourselves? Like, is it that hard to just show up as you, um, unfettered you, like unfiltered you, um, hashtag no filter you. I would encourage everyone to do that. I think it's super important. And, um, I hope I can help champion that in some small way. Okay, so anyway, Annabelle is ill um, and is going to be fine, but I didn't find out until late this morning, so this is very ad lib, um, like I said, so bear with me while we go through this podcast. And I realized um, this podcast is one of the best things I've done for myself and is very self-indulgent, so I'm just super happy that anyone else is getting anything out of it, Um that wasn't my goal, but I mean, it feels good as like a byproduct and, um, I hope that everyone at least gets some meaning from it. Um, okay. The beautiful Heather Polis just walked by, by the way, outside the studio, actually there's cool stuff. I mean, and I'm going to start talking at some point about something, you know, that makes sense, but this studio is super cool. It's Westside Costa Mesa. Cargus Media is run out of here and obviously Murphy's composing music, has his own YouTube channels. Uh, I think it's plural. Um, Julie's here doing rad editing, and they do photo and video and just the coolest stuff. And then Narwhal Salon's in the back with, like, where all the cool kids go. Um, And cool kids not meaning exclusive, just meaning all the kids that are individuals expressing themselves and want to have cool, cool haircuts go there. And then Heather Pullis um, jewelry is in the front, and it's got the most amazing collection of just really beautiful, approachably priced stuff. So shout out to everyone here because it feels really good in this space. Okay. Okay. Here we go. You're welcome
1: here. Everybody's welcome.
0: Right. Every. Thanks. So everyone's welcome here. Murphy says everyone's welcome here. It's 1001 West 17th, Sweet Pea, Costa Mesa. It's basically if you thought 17th Street would never end because you're stuck in traffic, you know, on the east side, it ends. And you know where it ends? It ends at Carcass Media, Carcass Studios. So um in free a good way. Coffee, video games. Yeah. Free coffee, filtered water video games, musical instruments on the wall, you feel like you're in a cool... I mean, there are things happening here. And you always get into a great conversation, um, as you just witnessed, because I just kind of recapped it for you. Okay, so this week has been so interesting. Um, It made me think about the whole superwoman. And I say this, you know, obviously, I'm coming at it from a female perspective, but I think men are not immune from this syndrome as well. This kind of whole superhuman, superwoman, superman syndrome, where you can do it all, you can do it all well. Um, And you should try to do it all. Like it's something that, you know, is um, admirable. And um, in our hustle culture, like if you could, the more you do the better and you should do it all great and you shouldn't really need any rest and um, you can just kick ass at every single thing, right? So of course that's bullshit. We know it, when I say it, it sounds ridiculous, but I would challenge you to think about if you have been feeling this way ever in your life or recently, I know I lived this kind of like, She was Superwoman, but it was like a martyred version. So, but it wasn't a saint because she wasn't that cool. It wasn't like Mother Teresa. But it was like I thought I could do it all, and I was doing way too much. So, my ex-husband used to travel a lot for like two, three weeks at a time overseas, and I would be on board. You know, working full time uh, at some points. You know, solo at some points, running a company, um, two small children, running a household, uh, volunteering at school. You know, either on boards or committees. Um, volunteering for nonprofits, on boards of nonprofits, um, cooking poorly—let's say, just say heating food, not cooking. Um, doing everything, and you know, I was like so proud of myself, pats on the back, even though I was exhausted and and felt um, burned out, and um, kind of like I was doing everything half-ass. You know, so that was me then. But I still succumb to it now, and this week has reminded me how far I've come because. Um, this week, my husband's back has been out because apparently working out is good for you until it's not. And then, you know, you pop a rib or two out um, and used to be an athlete. And then like, you're still athletic, but then like for some reason, every time he lifts like a large weight over his head, then a rib decides to give way. So this is, you know, the second cycle or third cycle of back going out in six months and um, we're figuring it out. But he's been, I wouldn't say bedridden, but it looks like that, right? So it's like Invalid Central. And then um, Jeannie got some super, like, not it's not a common virus to get out in the world, but if you're like in a hospital with small children changing diapers, you get it. Now, she hasn't told me she's doing that as a volunteer gig, so I can't really figure out where she picked it up, but she's had this virus. And so she's been out of commission. So it's me and Liam holding down the fort. And Liam, of course, has a busy life with school and doing his thing. And I've had work this week, and it's just been a little cuckoo. And so I've realized how much help I get from people at my house now and how much more help I I accept than I used to. And I miss it when the help's not there. So, for instance, taking out the trash cans this week, I forgot which way they have to face out to the street because it's been so long since I did it. Thank you, Alan. Um, But I was like, damn, it's like all these things add up. And I don't want to be superwoman. And luckily, I've started to make changes where I'm like, maybe just the sidekick. Like I don't know if Wonder Woman had a sidekick. Did she? I know Barbie had Skipper. Um, And Malibu Barbie probably had someone else. Maybe she had Skipper too. Boo, Skipper from the boo. I don't know who she had. But everyone has a sidekick. And I kind of feel like I've at least kind of come down a couple of pegs. I'm not trying to be Superwoman, but I am still trying to do too much. And I found myself this week going, wow, I'm super happy I've been able to accept help lately this week when I don't have help because they can't give it to me. Feels different. I feel depleted. Um, and I don't want to go back there. So I'm like, hey, Al, like, can, we popped your rib back in. Are you ready to take the, can, the trash cans back in? Because we're good. Um, and with Jeannie, I'm like, you feeling better? Because I really could use your help. So I feel like accepting help has been a real journey for me. It feels really good to do it. I don't want to be superwoman anymore. Um, I'm still guilty of Doing too much, and I'm trying to figure that piece out. Um, but I'm glad not to kind of be succumbing to this paradigm. And I think that there's a lot of um road left in front of me to try to cast off some of these roles, but it's I'm on my way. And um, if anyone else needs support in doing that, let me know because it's been sounds stupid to like it's hard to accept help, but um, if your self image is tied into like the Oh, Carrie, she can do everything. She can run a business and she can bring on the bacon and fry up in a pan and take care of the kids and be a room mom. Like for some reason, there was a lot of pride in that for me. And then I realized like, who am I proving this to? Why do I have to prove my worth, right? So um, that's something I'm working on and I hope everyone else will work on it too. Um, And it really came home to me today when I watched Nico Everett, who's been on the show um, and is a, I mean, just. Just a real powerhouse, but I would say she's a coach if you boil it down, an inspirer and visionary, and coaches companies um, and individuals. And nicoeverett.com, N I K O E V E R E T T.com is her site. And follow her on Instagram. I saw her Instagram story this morning and it played right into this. It was basically saying, you know, you're born with value and worth just as, you know, who you are. Um, so why would you spend your life chasing the idea of proving your value and worth if you already have it? Why are you running around trying to prove it to yourself and to other people? And I thought that was super powerful. I'm like, we all do it, and we need to spend less time doing that. And so her Instagram story from today, and I'm gonna have her, I'm gonna ask her to archive it so you can see it since a lot of people don't listen to the podcast the same day. She argues that you should spend time how you want to spend time not in association or in relation to proving your value and worth. Because again, you're born inherently valuable and worthy. And you don't need to prove it to anyone, let alone yourself. So so you should spend your time, again, not chasing the validation like I have been, right? Not chasing like, oh my gosh, have you seen Carrie? She has a company and she does a podcast and then she volunteers. And you know, it's like, if that's all stuff I want to be doing, that's fine. But if I'm doing it to earn your admiration and accolades, that's not fine. So we should be doing things that are our choice, right? We do need to make choices, I mean, realistically, to financially survive. And we need to eat well and exercise or do something to keep our bodies, you know, in motion and healthy. But like aside from that piece, like what can you be doing and how would you rework your life if you were not chasing um proving your value or worth to yourself or anybody else? What does that look like? And again, I'm not talking about like not wanting to leave a legacy and do good work. That's all great stuff. But it's like, how would you do the day-to-day differently? Like, does it really mean a ton to you to be on the PTA? I mean, and I like people that are on the PTA, don't get me wrong. But I mean, is that something that speaks to your heart? Um, is that a way you're called to serve for you? Or is it just something you do to look good uh, and to, to kind of you know prove your worth or your value? So I would challenge you over this next week to think about that. Are you living the life that you want to be living in the right way? And again, I'll have Nico um, archive her her story from this morning so you can watch that. It's very short. It'll take 30 seconds of your time. And um, it's worth it. Trust me. So speaking of, um, a funny anecdote before I get into like the some of the more meat. So last night, so anyway, this week's been crazy waiting on, um, you know, in a loving way and not feeling resentful, but, you know, helping waiting on, you know, my husband and daughter, both of whom have been sidelined by, you know, illness and injury. Um, And that's actually felt good in and of itself, to be honest, to be like cocooned at home, still doing work, but largely at home, loving on them, getting them what they need, tucking people in, getting them like, you know, hot uh, tea or soup or something. It all feels good. And I realized like, I've um, sometimes thrown off like the traditional female role at my house because I'm like, um, I felt like I, I don't know why I was maybe because I grew up in the 70s and 80s. And it was like the whole what they say, like the the whole like bow, like they call it a pussy bow. I'm just going to say it because I can't think of another word. Um, the whole nine to five thing and like prove yourself and be you know, that boss bitch, you know, and it's like, I do kind of love being a mom too, and a wife and doing those things. So that reminded me of that. And I want to do more of that again not to seek approval but just because it feels good to me to give that way but it's been a crazy week and you know as such i've looked pretty crazy i mean the hair hasn't gotten washed till yesterday there's been you know a little lack of self-care and um putting myself together so last yesterday i got an event event invite like late in the day because obviously was it wasn't tier a invites right but that's okay i don't care about being like a b-list star So I got an invitation to go to Dior, which I didn't care about that part because I don't care about designer clothes. And I never go to those boutiques because I feel weird. Um, But it was because the editor-in-chief of Architectural Digest and the West Coast editor of Vogue were going to be there talking about the new Architectural Digest at 100, the 100th anniversary celebration coffee table book. And I'm like, hold the phone. I look like a complete monster. But I'm going to get the shit on lock and I'm going to ask my gamer friend, Lee, who, if you're listening, Lee, shout out to you for going because if you hadn't gone, I wouldn't have gone. She rallied super last minute, washed the hair, sprayed in to an inch of its life, all the color because my roots are two inches long. Haven't dealt with it. Um, Put on the pants that, you know, fit ish. A screaming killer coat that I got at Brass Tack and Laguna that was it's it's not vintage, but it's. A previously loved and worn um, Prada jacket that's killer, um, that I could never have bought at full price, but now that it was like you know on consignment or whatever, amazing. Even though I was having a hot flash and it was mohair and it probably wasn't the best look, but I wore my hair up just to compensate. So got my shit together, got it on the road, got there, and the scene's always weird, right? Because it's like I don't, I don't do these things that um, a lot of other people, and I'm judging them. I mean, I think there are some people that love fashion um, and love these stores and these events. But it's so funny. You see these habitués, right, that are there that like know the drill. It's like they know, you know, where the hors d'oeuvres are going to be. And it's like, there's barely any food. and That's fine. I wasn't there for that to be fed, but it's just so funny. Now I see how all these women stay super thin because literally the bites they were serving, like you think bites, it was like half of a bite. It was so funny, but it was delicious. But it was just like the whole scene of like, you know, Prosecco, champagne, um, a signature cocktail, um, everyone with the most amazing makeup. I found myself staring at people because I'm like, how do they blend the highlighter and the contour? I mean, it's just incredible, but it's definitely a scene. So I was like, wasn't there for that. And I'm like, I'm not really, I'm not even like really there for that, like idiomatically, but it's fine. So what I was there for though was these two editors because. I think you all know that, like, I've always loved magazines and editing. And I've told stories about how, as a little kid, I edited my AYSO yearbook, which was like really a high point. Um, and I was the high school yearbook editor. And that's another story about, you know, going too outside the norm, um, apparently, at the time for people. And everyone hated the yearbook that I did, but it was fine because I was proud of it. Um, and I edited a magazine here for like three years called Coast Kids, which was fantastic, which still exists within Coast Magazine. You should check it out. Um, Anyway, so I love magazines. I love editors. Of course, I watched The Hills and saw Lisa Love and Amy Astley, who's the editor-in-chief of Architectural Digest now. But they were both at Teen Vogue and, of course, Vogue then. And, like, Lauren Conrad was their intern. I mean, talk about a moment. And then I just love Architectural Digest because I told the story about my stepmom who really didn't like me. And that's fine, I'm not for everybody. Um, but the only way she'd relate to me when I first was dumped off at her house to live with her um, for a summer when I was nine was to give me her old copies of Architectural Digest um, to play with <laughs> as a nine year old. So I learned how to um, do like little room vignettes on um, pieces of poster board. It was like designer's challenge, but it was for little kids. So I've always had a soft spot in my heart for Architectural Digest. I've always loved Vogue, even though I'm not into fashion, because it's just gorgeous, especially the September issue. And if you haven't seen that documentary, you got to watch it. So I was like really starstruck by these two women. And it was so funny because everyone there is like so worried about like shopping for the Dior bags and stuff, which granted, thank you Dior for hosting. And, um, you know, people should be there to shop. And that's fine. We just start talking to them. Lee, uh, Lee's talking to Lisa Love, which I'm like, God bless Lee. She's super brave. Because I mean, Lisa Love still does intimidate me. I'm not going to get it twisted. Um, she's a former model. And she seemed like such a hard ass on the hills, but actually seems super lovely and down to earth in person. And Lee said she was a hoot and holler. So I'll, I'll take it um, as gospel that that's true. Um, but I kind of not cornered, but um, pushed. No, I'm kidding. I was talking to Amy Astley, um, editor in chief of Architectural Digest. And I had talked to her for like five, 10 minutes. So down to earth and lovely. Um, I have, of course, follow her on Instagram and uh, her daughter is studying abroad in Paris. And I was like saying how great it was to see her over there visiting her. And it's kind of my dream for both my kids to study abroad. And she was just so fun. And I took the opportunity to compliment her on how Um, The digital strategy for Architectural Digest has made it so much more approachable. If you haven't checked it out, go to, I think it's arcdigest.com or ad.com. Don't quote me because I'm terrible about remembering the URL. But they have a a channel called Clever, which is like for a younger, more approachable audience. And um, that's super cool. And just the magazine itself has taken on a whole new life with her there. I think she's been there for three years. Might be more. But... I just took the chance to compliment her on her work and say how much I loved it and how much AD had meant to me through the years. And just a super fun conversation with like one of the icons of an industry who I really admire. And I just thought it was wild that no one else was taking advantage of it. I was super happy because that gave her all to me. But then, you know, Lee and I went and sat in the front row, heard her and Lisa talk. The book is amazing. Um, And then afterwards, like there was only one other gal that came up to her. Um, except for all the people, the Dior habitués that one of their books signed, but didn't really interact with her. They just wanted a photo. But I was like, this is the best night ever. I'm so glad I rallied because like, I got to talk to her again and really relate to her. And I thought, this is super cool to meet someone that you admire, not just pick their brain, but get to compliment them, get to give something back to what they give to you. Um, and I was just so excited. I was kind of blown away that no one else was really as into it as I was, but that's fine because it gave me a great opportunity. So I was just super glad I rallied and um, got out of the house, even though it's been fun, again, to cocoon this week. And of course, now I'm exhausted the next morning because I've been exhausted all week. So, But it's fine because now I'm here doing the podcast, there's energy, and that feels great. Okay, so the meatiest topic, well, two. I don't know if I want to talk about the second one. The first one's important. So last week, I talked about burnout, and I am still burned out. Um, And I didn't know what, you know, the universe and God and Buddha and everyone had in store for me this week. And it's totally fine because it's what was meant to happen. Slow down, take care of my family, um, focus on what's important and start to really trust myself, the path and other people to help. Um, And it really feels good. It feels a little bit um, intimidating, but it feels good. So. Last week I talked about burnout. I love what I do. I think I'm really good at it, and I love having a team, and I love my clients, and I love just the the blessing of the work. Right. So it's always busy. It's ever changing. I'm always learning. I'm always growing. I'm always meeting new people. I'm always learning new things. It connects me to community. It connects me to journalists, which, as you can see, is a big deal for me. Um, and I love it all. But I think at some point, you know, when I'm 50 and I've been doing it like at full stop. I mean, I've been I've been doing it at full speed since I was 21 and like really killing it. So um, that's a lot of years. I don't want to do the math, but it's like 30 years almost, 29 of um, just hustle, 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 build a practice, build a business, build a career and love it. But it's also exhausting. And because I did the whole super mom, super woman, super person thing for a while, that I think added on to create a burnout situation. So um, I really feel like now's my time for another chapter. I'm going to still work. I'm going to still direct my company. I'm still going to be super involved, but i got to work on letting go and letting my talented team do even more work and just stay kind of more aerial view, strategy, creativity, ideation new business, that kind of stuff. But I really need to let myself focus on building the next chapter. And that is, again, just like it sounds silly to me to say out loud that it's hard to accept help and that I have to learn it and I'm still learning it. I also have a hard time embracing a new chapter, Um, even though it's exciting, even though I'm coming from a place of of privilege where I've built a company where financially it – Supports me and my family um, and other people and feels good and is great. So it's like I'm not um, living hand to mouth. I'm not on the street. Um, I have the wonderful blessing and luxury of thinking about a next chapter and going for it and yet. So to me, it's like I find myself resisting it. So one night this week when everyone was kind of in bed with their tea or whatever they needed, i um, I sat down and said, "You know what? What who do I want to be when I grow up?" Right. So, to me, I was looking at people like Glennon Doyle. I was looking at Elizabeth Gilbert. Without what I think is, and again, I shouldn't, I probably shouldn't say this, but I feel like, you know, in the Eat Pray Love thing, she did what she needed to do, but it just seemed really selfish to me, just to kind of abandon everyone and everything. And again, that's her path. I'm not really super down with that, but I love what she's done from it. And so perhaps I shouldn't judge. And again, at the beginning of the podcast, I said, why are we judging people and telling them to do normative things? So shame on me. And I have a long way to go. So I was looking at Glennon Doyle, Elizabeth Gilbert, Brene Brown without the research, because God bless her. She's so brilliant and does research. I can't do research. I don't have the um, interest, desire, or stick-to-itiveness. I I do not want to go back to school. So um, I was looking at these inspirational figures thinking, who am I to place myself in this like hierarchy and rare era of these women who I think are just like living out loud goddesses, right? I mean, and probably everyone else wants to be them too. I mean, I haven't done a survey, but it seems to me like everyone wants to be, you know, coaching people, inspiring people. And I love that energy in the universe because I think we all should be doing that for each other and ourselves. But I'm like, am I like going to be part of this vaunted um, group of women. I would like to be. Am I qualified? I don't know what qualifies me, um, or not. So, this is what gets in the way, right? So I'm judging myself and this and that. But I'm like, one night this week I go, "That's what I want to do." Everyone always says, "Carrie, you should write a book." And again, everyone being probably five friends, and <laughs> but that's everyone. And um, for the purpose of this argument, and I think I'm like, I've always wanted to write a book. I'm a pretty good writer. People like my writing. Okay, what would it be about? You know, and I'm obviously wanting to do like a memoir and um, have it mean something, right? Have there be lessons in there and not have it be like anything saccharine or lame, but just, I don't know, like life lessons learned. So I sit down and it's quiet. I'm like, I'm just going to start outlining chapters. So I spent, I would say an hour and a half and I outlined six chapters and it took me no time. It totally flowed. And I was like, oh, that felt really good. And the first maybe three were stronger than the last three. Um, But then I go, well, these last three are lame. And I'm obviously not meant to write a book. I can't write a book in one night. So I suck and let's abandon ship. Well, that sounds stupid and insane. And if my kid told me this or my friend, I know, Murphy's like, actually and uh, and here's Murphy right so here's Murphy like a career like rock star musician that probably had like so many leaps of faith to take and he's like oh you can't write an album in a night you fucking suck I mean is that right Murphy did you write all your albums in one night
1: all of them were done in one night (laughs)
0: that's what I thought every
1: single one was done in one
0: night I knew I was smart so yeah right so it doesn't take time does it it takes time shit okay so there goes that
1: wait why are you gonna give up
0: uh just because it's easier to give up. Yeah. I feel like it's like there's resistance. Cause I guess, I think it's funny. I don't, I don't know if I'm a quitter by nature. People would say, Oh my God, you're anything but a quitter. Right. But I feel like maybe I'm a quitter. Like if I'm not perfect at something immediately out of the gate, I'm like, well, it's at least probably not meant for me.
1: It sounds like at least you're on a path to discovery. I mean, you find out stuff about yourself. I think if you step out and you attempt to do things, I think, I think to create something, it's the real value of the world of people in this world. Is is to make, create. make to make something yeah out of nothing a car, a song, um a movie you know uh, a a blouse or a pair of pants or something you know I think that like because you're risking being laughed at you know you're risking ridicule, you're risking totally. sucking yes. and but but the but the the joy and the not the glory but the the contentment it brings you if you make something that helps somebody is incredible
0: so like for you when you would write and perform music, yeah, right? right. When fans would either react to you in person, because you can see that they're like losing their minds at right. a concert.
1: Or throwing things at your head, yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> or if they would, I don't know, get in touch with you, like whether it's through social or whether back in the day, whatever. Does that did that make the creation feel even better? Because it felt, I'm sure, good to you.
1: Of course it did. And anybody who says otherwise is probably lying. Like, no, it's good enough when I make it. Um, because you don't make it to just sit on a cliff and play to a flower. Right. You 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 don't make it though, I want to play in front of everybody and you have no soul about your own music. I think it it, it, it complements it. I think you're driven to, to do it no matter what. I was driven, I'm driven to write every day. I'll always have be a music maker forever. Um, so there's that point. But then, it, it, and it is, it always is scary to put it out there, right? Today it is. I have new stuff I'm working on now. I'm scared to put it out. You are. are. Yes, absolutely. Even though you've proven. Absolutely. Because I might have to sing on some. I've never done that. And it's by myself now. So there's another level. So there's always something to be afraid of. But I think that um, you just got to take whatever inspiration, listen to a book, you know, or listen to, you know, an influencer or a thought leader or an author or somebody, let them fire you up and just risk it. Use whatever you need to use. To take that leap and get over that and go for it. So, are you, you're, you're talking about writing a book because yeah. everybody says that. It might not be you, though.
0: Right. And that's the you thing have I have to a hard want time to do too. It. Right. Yeah. And so, that's the thing is, like, maybe I'm struggling with that, too. That's actually a really good point that I haven't even pulled the layer back on the onion of that is like, right. is that what I'm supposed to do? But it was flowing. Like, honestly, when I started outlining it, I'm like, oh my God, I've got a lot to say. Right. But, like, how do you? I guess for you, so you're saying that if you become to this place of like, not fresh, maybe it's frustration or like stuckness, mm-hmm. do you just take a break and listen to something that's inspirational and go back to it? Yeah, go
1: get inspired somehow. Okay. Try to go get inspired somehow. I mean, it, it, we all get derailed so easily. Everybody out here is ready trying to take us down. You know? It seems like it, doesn't it? That's right? the truth. People only look out for themselves. Do you think people walk around every day going, I wonder how I can help that person? They should. No, they don't though. They, you know I thought about it I did this weird experiment I was like for the next ten minutes I'm gonna walk around and smile at people and generally do nothing for myself and you don't go very far you don't do much because you're kind of going in circles or whether you're at a coffee shop or somewhere people think you're crazy
0: do you, they you think feel you're like kind you of that vibe?
1: well yes well no <laughs> there's a general thing like opening a door or smiling at someone is yes. kind of nice but a lady might go what does he want from me. Right. You know what I mean? If I'm like, hi. Suspicious
0: or something? Yeah, it, it
1: is. Because we walk around generally caught up in a haze of ourselves.
0: It's sad. And I think basically. that that goes to what we were talking about with Julie before the show is, and what you had said, which really struck me, is like, we're not thinking of other people in general. No, we're We're in not. our heads. Right. And then we're also judging everybody. Absolutely. Ready to take it's, someone it's down. It's hardcore.
1: So if you strip all that away, the, the, the reason why I say the inspiration is because you can get to a higher level of doing things. And there's people to look at in, in life who are, are crushing it in what they want to do. And it's hard to say, well, what is, money doesn't mean everything. Well, true. But it, you need it some not. money. But I mean, people that are doing what they want to be doing and they're crushing their dreams. The thing they want to do, they're doing. That to me is success. Not like, I hate my job, this sucks. I go home, I hate my life. That's that's not crushing it. No. Um, but so whatever bits of inspiration you need to use to, to get to a place where you... Get off your your rear, and you stop watching Netflix, and you go do that hobby for those three hours when you're at home to try to. Get, it's hard to do. It's very it takes hard. disciplined. Absolutely, it's very hard. That's why nobody does it. That's why the thought leaders, all these people, the seminars, and authors, when they're talking, they're like, "We're free to give this information away." Do you want to know why? Yeah, because no one in here is going to go do it later. It's like three thousand people. Yeah, no one. Gary will do Vaynerchuk, it. Tony Robbins, all these people, they say it. They're like, "That's why we're free." to talk to you right now and tell us all your, our secrets to you. Because no it's one's going to do it. 99.5% of you are going to go home and go back to your same old ways. So, you know, not to be depressing, but that's actually hopeful that, like, if I can break out, I can make it happen.
0: Well, there's room There's room for everybody, yeah, it, but there's definitely room for people that want it.
1: Absolutely. And so to your book, like I said, it might not be for you. Right. Um, this podcast is great for you, I think.
0: Totally. I mean, it's it, been, like, the best thing.
1: And, and if you... It, <laughs> I wanted to put, I put my mic up for the first time ever because I, I want to address, because I'll let you go back to your your no. stream, stream of thought. I yeah. want to address the change of title. It's okay.
0: <laughs> okay, good.
1: What are you, you going to call it? I don't know. People right now listening want to know. Yeah. I want to, that's <laughs> okay. a big thing here. Yeah. They, well, they, you need they, to know. Because they say they like affect... you. Right. And you are good on this. So it's like, and then your guests are cool, but it, right. it is really about you and your guests. It's not just about your guests.
0: Right. So, so that's why the name is kind of like.
1: You got to. Flip it and you got to invent something that it cues you into.
0: Right. So that's next. But I wanted to ask you one last question before mm-hmm. you get off mic. So, how did you know that music was for you? Um, that's a good question. Because um, you know how you're saying like a book might not be for you and that yeah. may, may or may not be true.
1: I forget everything when I'm doing it. Really? Everything goes away. When I was a kid, I would sit there and listen to my parents' record collection. I didn't know then, I just, I would be lost in it. There was, I would just, flo- I would sit on this rug and play these records and, and scratch the needle to the beginning and let it play all the way through the Beatles and scratch it back and listen for hours and hours and days. And, um, and then later, teenager messing around with a guitar, I would just start to do it and I just, I just, I float up to a cloud and I don't know where I am when I'm done. So rad. I don't know how much time has passed, it can be bad. I, could, so I was like, "Where have you been?" I'm like, "I'm sorry, <laughs> oh, <shoot. laughs> I was writing." Yeah. So I think I don't know. I just it gives me so much joy. It's healthy for me. It's an activity that I do. That everybody probably out there is listening. You probably have something you do that feels so good. Well, <laughs>
0: hopefully, <laughs> yeah. you know, you're not right. going to
1: hurt yourself, and it's not drugs or something or something that's unsustainable. But but something that makes you feel so good that you're taken away. And it's healthy afterwards it's okay it doesn't hurt you wrapping up going back to the thing about creating whether you write your book or not um just find inspiration and you said you did write and it flowed really yeah, well Yeah, flowed.
0: I mean, like i lost time i was like this Well, was... then you sh- you're then
1: okay yeah now i, I got think you. it's
0: i think it's a thing
1: no want me to help you yeah okay you're judging yourself too hard you are a writer and you are good at it stop judging yourself don't worry about how bad the first edition is but that's probably where you're at you might be like i don't know if i'm any good And that voice might be quiet, but it's there. Yes. So just squish that voice, say, I love doing this and I'm doing it for the right reason because it feels good to do it. I love that.
0: Thank you. You guys heard it here. Thank you, Murphy. This is great. You're gonna have to keep your mic on every time. Sorry. Back to you. Um, Okay, so you heard it from Murphy. It's, It's so true. So like the, I did lose time when I was writing the outlines, the first three chapters just came out like, and this happens when I write articles for magazines um I feel less passionate about that because it's not about stuff that I'm like deeply moved by but I I can just it's like a puzzle and it just flows and like what Murphy was saying about music I'm not musical at all I love music and I grew up with it and it was like a salve to to every wound that I had as a kid and a teenager I will say um but I think that I do have something going I want to do it I'm going to keep doing it um and if there's something that you all feel like you should be doing, do it. I mean, you just heard Murphy say it. It's like, you know, even someone like him who has had all this success and I'm sitting here in his studio and there's like albums that are like shiny. So I think that those are like platinum and stuff. They're probably titanium. I don't know. But um, he even has um, moments where he has doubts and thinks about it or has like a, it gets stuck, right, and is seeking inspiration. So if it happens to him... Of course, it's going to happen to us. And like he's saying, maybe we just shouldn't judge ourselves so harshly. I need to take that to heart. And I think that also circles back to what we're talking about with these school shootings and these kids. How harshly are they judging themselves? How are other people judging them? And from what Murphy said, which I think is so magical and true, is like everyone, the purpose is to create something, whatever it is, right? And also that everyone is born with talents and a unique ability to do something. And it's like, can we just celebrate all those in all their forms and all the little micro differences? I mean, how cool is that? I think we need a, a society where that's encouraged. Um, and we don't all just kind of become these like mindless automaton, you know, robots doing what everyone else says we're supposed to do and have all the cars and have the house and have this When It's like, why don't we be those Tony Robbins and the Gary checks that are, you know, doing it different? Like, I'm quite sure, and again, I think I've read I'd I follow Gary close enough that I think I'm sure he was not always, you know, the most popular kid in in town. And I'm sure, like, look at Tony Robbins. he's like a giant literally. And um they probably didn't have easy childhoods. I'm gonna say they were different. I don't think these guys were necessarily like, you know, um, quad god and goddess, you know, material. Um, so let's just embrace the differences, and I need to take it to heart and keep pushing forward on my book and my journey. Um, And I'm excited to do it. And I think that when I meet resistance, um, I need to look it in the face and, you know, either talk to it, talk to myself, go seek inspiration, take a break. Um, I'm going to end with something kind of funny is that I had the wackiest dream last night. Um, And I don't usually do dream interpretation, but I'm like, this dream was so freaking weird that I need to see what the heck was up. So I looked at it and basically, like, there were tigers in it, okay? And granted, they weren't mean. They weren't, like, rolling over to have their bellies pat, but they were, like, just roaming, not fierce and not intimidating. There was my ex-husband. There was Japan. There was ringing a bell. There was um, catching a flight to New York. (laughs) There was, like, there was exercise on some weird new machine that had just been invented. And as I looked at every single thing, I mean, all these things that seem so weird Japan, a bell, the airport, flight to New York, losing my purse, seeing my ex husband, um, tigers roaming, every single thing looked up on its own in the dream, you know, guide was basically about resisting change and that you are um, wanting to stay in old patterns not pursue the new, there are exciting opportunities ahead of you, you're scared to take them. I'm like, okay, I mean, here, here's my subconscious mind working through it. So, and again, you know, lions and tigers and bears, right? So, like message received, um, universe, God, Buddha, Yahweh, all the people, thank you, ancestral energy, and um, I need to take it to heart. So, that's this week, I'm going to be working on it, I'm excited about it, um i'm thankful for this podcast we're in i think we should be always in a season of gratitude but we are in the official hallmark holiday um gratitude season if i may say so it's thanksgiving coming up and i just want to say um that i'm super grateful for everybody my life this podcast murphy's wisdom julie's wisdom um last night's event. I mean, there's so much to be thankful for. I want to tap into that energy more and more as I work on a book that I hope will, um, one, feel great for me, but two, impact other people in positive ways. And um, I'm super excited for the journey. And I'm hoping that you'll help um, hold me accountable for that. So have a great weekend, rest of your week, and we'll be on next week with Tom Curran. See you soon.